What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. We finally have watchable basketball again in D.C. Uh, That was an awesome game that the Wizards just played against the Nets. Uh, They ended up winning (laughs) in a crazy ending. Um, 149 to 146. Uh, before I really get into the stats, I kind of just want to go through the ending. I haven't been able to do a pod for such an exciting game yet this season, so <laughs> I'm excited for this one. Um, so I guess I'll just start with a minute left um, with uh, Bertans fouling Kevin Durant with one minute and 18 seconds left. Durant hit two free throws to put the Nets up five. And at that point, it wasn't looking great for the Wizards. They came right back down quick in uh, early offense. Uh, Russell Westbrook kicked it out to Ruby Hachimura, who shot a 28-foot three-pointer. Um, and that went in, and that was pretty unexpected. I remember when I watched him launch that shot in my head, I was like, oh, no. Because Rui was... I, I'll get into how Rui played all game, but like I didn't expect him to hit that one in such a big moment. Um, and then Joe Harris missed a driving layup going right at uh, Bretons late in the clock. Uh, right after that, with about 48 seconds left. Um, Beal got the rebound, pushed up the court to Russell Westbrook, and then he hit that layup, um, switching hands, uh, left-handed over Kevin Durant high off the glass, which looked really nice. And that tied the score at 141 to 141 with 41 seconds left. Um, right after that, oh man. So for whatever reason, Ish Smith was in the game for like the last minute or two. And Ish Smith had the task of guarding Kyrie Irving and, <laughs> and that didn't go well. Um, yeah, so the next play... Uh, that's like just went straight ISO, um, with Kyrie Irving on Ish Smith and Kyrie Irving just hit, you know, he just walked into a spot, hit a 17 foot pull up jump shot, went right in, like didn't touch any rim, uh, put to put the nets up 143 to 141. 
So um, we're just called timeout. They subbed out Ish Smith finally. Uh, they subbed back in Garrison Matthews, which was much needed. Um, and then Bradley Beal came in. He had that really, really nice uh, step back kind of like crossover move against Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant did, actually did a pretty good job to recover um, on that. He like almost got crossed though, like put all over Twitter and Instagram. Um, but he he didn't. Uh, and then Beal just like barely missed a shot short. Um, Jeff Green grabbed the rebound and he got fouled. Um, so you send Jeff Green to the free throw line. He's an 80% free throw shooter. So the odds of him missing one of two free throws are um, 80% of 80%, which is, I don't know, what, like 60%, above 60%, 60-something percent, low 60s. Um, no, wait, that's the odds. That's not right. It's the opposite of that. So I don't know. I'll think about it. But they're not, like, they're not as bad as you would think for an 80% free throw shooter. I think it's the opposite. It's like 30 high 30s percentile, percent, not percentile, percent, um, which is, you know, decent. And he ended up missing his first one. And then he uh, made the second one to put the Nets up by three points. So you're down three with 23.3 seconds left, no timeouts. Uh, so who do you want to get the ball to? Um, obviously, Bradley Beal to get some sort of three-point shot off. Um, but the worst thing that I had ever seen in my life was this play. Well, it was a Russell Westbrook on the left wing, caught the ball, did a one one dribble, step back, steps going to his left, um, three-point shot, and, like, of course he missed. No one on earth probably thought that one was going in. Um, I looked at the stat on contested threes this season. Russell Westbrook has made zero so far, and that, was, that wasn't just a step back. That was a 27-foot step back. Uh, the free throw line is 23 feet and 9 inches from the basket, so... That was, you know, significantly behind the three-point line. And it was a step back. And it was an off-the-dribble pull-up. And it was contested. Um, so that was just, like, an awful shot. He shot that with 16 seconds left also. So there was still tons of time on the clock. Um, the uh, Nets got the rebound. Um, they subbed out Bruce Brown and subbed in Tumate Luwawu. Um, and then, so, <laughs> right after that, uh, Kyrie Irving got to the line. They had to foul him. Uh, I think Bretons fouled him on the inbound, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then Kyrie Irving made both his free throws to put the Nets up five with 12 seconds left. Oh, actually, I do want to pull up, um, what the odds were of the Wizards winning down five with 20 seconds left. Um, let's see if I can find it. ESPN won't even let me look at it. Uh, let's see this. Okay, it won't let me. But the odds were not in the Wizards' favor. I'll tell you that much. Um, Brooklyn, okay, no, here we go. So with 12.3 seconds left, after Kyrie Irving makes free throw two out of two, Brooklyn had a 95.3% chance of winning the basketball game, uh, which is really, really, <laughs> really high. So the Wizards only had a 4.7 chance of winning at that point in time with 12 seconds left. Um, so after Kyrie Irving made both free throws, Beal just dribbled down the court, made a pull-up right in Bruce Brown's face. Like that, it was a really impressive one. It was 29 feet from the basket. Uh, which is deep, you know, and um, so, and then right after that, um, so Kyrie or Kevin Durant was like in the, I guess, right corner, uh, and then he was cutting over across the court, and Joe Harris didn't like realize that he was cutting, and he just passed the ball there, and Garrison Matthews, like it was a really good recognition by Garrison Matthews, but it was just a bad mistake by Joe Harris uh, to throw the ball. Um, Garrison Matthews stole it, saved it, threw it into Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook shot the three, nothing but net, uh, to put the Wizards up one, which was insane. Um, Brooklyn called a timeout. 
Um, they ran a play to get Kevin Durant the ball. He came off the screen, got the ball. Russell Westbrook made a really, really risky play to try to poke it out, and he got it. And then it went out of bounds again with like two seconds left. Um, and then something that was really interesting. So the Nets were trying to like run some sort of like post up for Kevin Durant just to get him like catch the ball, turn around, and just shoot it over someone. Um, and what the Wizards did against that was just have Bradley Beal stay over the top of Kevin Durant, have someone underneath him. So like the Nets couldn't possibly throw the ball to Kevin Durant. They had Rui Hachimura splitting two on the weak side. Um, and basically like Rui's role was just to like basically just be under the basket and don't let them get anything easy right under the rim. And of course, like Rui has been so bad all game. He didn't, he doesn't do this. He lets Timote Luau Carabo get a wide open layup right under the basket. And he just, he just misses with 0.7 seconds left. He misses a wide open layup. Uh, Bradley Beal grabs a rebound, um, and the Wizards win the game. <laughs> um, that was it. Was definitely the, by far the most fun game I've watched all season. In like from the Wizards' perspective, uh, that was super exciting, um, and th- that could p- potentially be a pretty big turning point in the Wizards' season, honestly, um, just because of like how bad they played recently, and just being a team like the Brooklyn Nets um, coming into this game. Oh, actually, no, I do want to talk about right before that. Um, so the odds of um, Bradley Beal making a pull up three and then Russell Westbrook making a catch and shoot three on back to back shots is 11.2%. Um, so don't count on that happening every game, but it happened. You know, that's kind of the thing with odds. Like, yeah, it might only happen 11 times out of 100, but it still happens 11 times out of 100. Like, it could happen. Um, so coming into this game, the Nets were, um, 13 and 8, fifth in point differential at plus 5.3, um, fourth in offense at, with an offense rating of 117.7 and 21st in defense. With a defensive rating of 112.2, um, I have to pull up the uh, insane stats from this game. Um, the so <laughs> so points in terms of points per possession, the Brooklyn Nets for this game were 131.8, and the Washington Wizards one were 130.9, which is kind of crazy that the Nets had a oh that's not completely updated yet. Um, yeah, I guess cleaning the glass takes a few minutes to update all their stats, so that's not updated yet. Um, I probably will by the end of this podcast. I'll update that. So for effective field goal percentage, the Nets were at 67. Oh, by the way, uh, the points per position are right around the 95th percentile. Effective field goal percentage, the Nets were at in the 98th percentile. Um, and then the, the Nets got to the line a ton. I don't know how the, like, just looking at these numbers, I guess the Wizards got a lot of awesome offensive rebounds. They didn't turn the ball over. Um, they're 98th percentile and not turning it over. And then 58th percentile in offensive rebounds compared to 34 from the Nets. Um, yeah, it's just an incredible win from the Wizards all around. I want to look at the shot clock or shot chart. Oh my God. Okay. So the shot chart is actually pretty interesting. The whole entire Nets. So the way that NBA.com does shot charts is they break it down by zones with restricted area, um, floater range, mid range, and then both corners. And then um, what's it called? Above the break threes. Um, so if you're 10% above league average or more, uh, then your shot chart area is green like the the graphic they have um zero is just the normal color court like just yellow and um negative 10 or less from league average is red and the nets entire shock chart is green and they lost the game which is pretty crazy um part of that is because they only got seven attempts um near the rim uh in the restricted area within three feet of the rim um they were five for seven which is good but you that's the most efficient area of the court <laughs> so you got to get there more um, 10 for 20 from floater range, which is good. But again, floater range is pretty inefficient. Um, 6 for 25 from mid-range, which is really, really good. Or not six, 16 for 25. Uh, if you shoot 16 for 25 from mid-range, that's 64%. That's efficient enough to consistently shoot mid-rangers. Um, the number you really want to beat is like 52% for that to actually be like a good shot. Um, 
Above the big threes are 11 for 24, which is 45.8%, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, league average is 35.9%. Um, again, 11 for 24 from above the big threes is crazy. Um, five for eight from the right corner, which is insane. And then three for four from the left corner. So the Brooklyn Nets were making a lot of shots. A lot of that is just because they were so wide open. Um, but again, a lot of that is just like, here's the, the example I will give is that um, Steph Curry, in his unanimous MVP season on wide open threes, shot about 46%. So team-wide, if a team is shooting 46%, that's not just because they're being left open. That's because of other reasons. And the other reason is just like straight-up shooting variance. Like, again, like anything with odds, like there's a chance that something can happen over and over and over again that has a lower percent chance. Because um, That's just how odds work. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, looking at the wizard shot chart, it's not as green, but they do have a lot of good stuff and good areas. Um, around the rim, they shot the ball 20 times compared to the Nets only seven times. And they were 15 for 20, which is really, really good around the rim. That's 75%. Um, that's 1.5 points per shot. That's awesome. Um, 21 for 34 from floater range, which is like ludicrously insane. Um, that's 61.8%. League average is at 42.2%. So to gain about 0.4 points per shot from that range on 34 shots, that's like game-changingly different. Um, and that's a, a huge reason why the Wizards won this game. Um, 8 for 15 from mid-range, pretty good. Um, 8 for 24 from above the break threes, which is, you know, fine. Uh, 2 for 9 from left corner, which is not very good. And then 2 for 5 from the right corner. Um, so just looking at the shot chart, obviously the thing that stands out is <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets. Um, actually, I'll talk about uh, part of that. So... Joe Harris this season um, on open looks um, or what NBA.com considers open looks is um, four to six feet of space when you're going up in the shot, shot motion. And um, Joe Harris is 51.9 on open threes. And then wide open threes, according to NBA.com, is six or more feet of space. And Joe Harris is 55.6 on wide open threes. And so kind of like what the Wizards were doing at the beginning of the game was um, if Kevin Durant caught the ball like in the post or on the wing, uh, they'd send a hard double and then just do a full rotation all around the perimeter. And eventually the ball would swing to someone like a Joe Harris on the weak side. And Joe Harris would catch the ball and be wide open on the weak side where he's hitting 56% of his threes and he would just train them. Uh, Joe Harris had an awesome game. I still haven't gone through the box score. I, I'll do that right now. Um, after just thinking about Joe Harris and his open shots. Because uh, Joe Harris had an unbelievable game except for that one last play. Um, so... Joe Harris was 8 for 13 from 3. I'm pretty sure that was his career high from 3, if I'm not mis mistaken. Um, 30 points. was actually minus 2 on the night, which is pretty interesting. Um, Kevin Durant, uh, 37 points, 11 for 19, 13 to 13 at the line, which is awesome. Uh, Kyrie Irving, 26 points, 10 for 20 from the field, 5 for 5 at the line. Um, other standout was Jeff Green, former Wizard for like one season. Um, 7 for 10, 4 or 5 from 3, which is ridiculous. I'll get into that later. And that's pretty much it. Um, Tyler Johnson didn't really do much when he came in for a second. Reggie Perry didn't do much. Uh, Bruce Bound did a solid job on uh, Beal for most of the game until the very end. Um, I'll talk about the Wizards. Just go through their top line numbers. Uh, Westbrook had his best game of the season by far. Um, 41 points, plus 7 on the night. Uh, 8 assists, 10 rebounds. Uh, 16 for 28 from the field. Um, 5 for 7 from the free throw line and 4 for 7 from 3. Uh, just super exciting night for Westbrook. I'll get into him in a second. Uh, Beal had 37 points um, in 38 minutes. Uh, 13 for 23 from the field. 9 for 9 at the line. Uh, good to see him getting there a lot again. Um, I guess Bertans was 3 for 12 from 3. He had 11 points. Uh, Mo Wagner was awesome off the bench. Um, here's a fun stat. Uh, Ish Smith was plus 24 on the night. 13 points. 6 for 9 for field goals. 1 for 2 from 3. Had 24 minutes. Um, that's 
the most notable performances. I'll just start about, uh, or I do want to definitely start with positives. Um, Russell Westbrook was absolutely awesome tonight. Um, this was by far, like, not even close, his best game of the season, <laughs> which, like, let's be honest, that's not a very high bar. Um, I thought, I think last game was his best game of the season, but this game kind of, like, blew that one out of the water. Um, just in terms of how aggressive he was, was just so much more. Like, that's what every Wizards fan has been begging for, like, this whole entire season, uh, just for him to be way more aggressive, and, like, he finally was. Uh, just looking at his shot chart, he only shot four shots at the rim, which kind of doesn't seem right. He shot 14 shots from the restricted area, but... I don't know. That's that kind of seems weird from the eye test, but I assume that the restricted area shots are kind of closer to like four feet than they are to fourteen feet. Uh, would be my guess because restricted area is four to fourteen feet, or the non-paint or the non-restricted area paint area, um, which the NBA.com considers considers floater range. Um, yeah, but a really really great night for him. Also getting to the line seven times um, is really promising because that's something that he used to be so good at, especially last, well his whole entire career. Um, not just last season. And uh, yeah, that's, it's really nice to, hit, to see him getting back to the line so much, getting um, attacking the rim so much. Like that's been my biggest criticism of him. Just he hasn't looked like himself in terms of getting to the rim. Um, and he does still definitely make like Westbrookian plays where he like goes a million miles an hour, just passes it right to the other team or like dribbles off his foot and then doesn't get back on defense or takes like really dumb shot. Like he still needs to diet his shots a little, I guess, if I'll put it in a certain way. Like, I don't want to ever see Russell Westbrook shoot a fadeaway one-legged bank shot ever again in my life. I don't want to see him shoot pull-ups off the dribble from mid-range early in the clock. I don't want to see him shoot pull-up threes. Um, if he can just put his head down and attack the rim. Like, here's a, so if he's attacking the rim most of the time and then he shoots a couple pull-ups a game just to keep the defense honest, just to keep him in rhythm, that kind of thing, like, that's perfectly fine. Like, nothing's wrong with that because um, it sets up the other aspects of his game. But you can't have... Um, the other aspects of your game setting up a mid-range shot. It has to be the other way around, right? Because um, a mid-range shot is obviously like the least efficient shot, especially for Westbrook, who is a really inefficient mid-range jump shooter. Um, it doesn't make sense for him to be shooting mid-range jump shots, right? So, it, But he's really good at finishing the rim. He's really good at um, creating free throws, and that's what he's best at, and that's finally what he got to do more. Um, part of the reason he did get to do that, though, was because Wizards just kind of had more spacing out there at times. Like, even though Bertans didn't shoot well, teams know that Bertans is a shooter, um, like kind of like the same thing with Garrison Matthews. He was one for five on the night, but teams know that Garrison Matthews is a shooter. Uh, same with Bradley Beal. Teams know he's a shooter. Um, teams know that Rui is not a shooter. Teams know that Robin Lopez isn't a shooter. Teams know that, um, Ish Smith isn't a shooter. Like those guys get constantly helped off of, and those guys kind of kill the spacing, especially when Westbrook is out there. So I love just seeing Westbrook out there with different kinds of lineup iterations, especially with like Bretons, even like Mo Wagner, who can, who's kind of like kind of almost a pick and pop thread, but someone who's a good cutter um that kind of opens up lanes like having role gravity um Mo Wagner actually played more minutes than Robin Lopez which I think was a really good move um from Scott Brooks tonight I'll talk about <laughs> more of Scott Brooks like he kind of had an up and down game some of his moves were good some of his moves were really bad um I guess other positive I'll talk about is Bradley Beal uh, at the beginning of the game I wrote in my notes Beal doesn't want to be here uh teams should start getting their trade packages ready for Beal um, but he turned, he flipped the switch starting in the second corner. He started playing really well. And then obviously in the second half, he exploded. Uh, Beal is just so unbelievable, <laughs> like just all over the place. Um, he's great. He's a great shooter. He's really, really good as a cutter. Um, really, really good as a shot creator, just on the ball. His handle has improved so much over the years. Um, he's also a pretty solid passer. Uh, he doesn't really, I, my biggest criticism of Beal's offensive game is he doesn't make advanced passing reads. And if he kind of like started to unlock that part of his game, then he would be a really, really 
big problem. Um, I guess the way that the Nets kind of neutralized him for the most part. Um, so like a lot of teams top lock him and they don't haven't had a ton of, ton of success with that. Um, the Nets had, or not the Nets, the Hawks last game had the most success that I've seen any team, um, which was like straight up top locking Beal. Uh, just because um, the Wizards kind of had to play uh, Robin Lopez and, you know, the Nets weren't scared of Robin Lopez stepping out and shooting. So they just had Clint Capella roaming the paint. Um, but what the Nets did this game was they had Bruce Brown uh, pretty much exclusively on Bradley Beal. And they, instead of top locking, they would lock and trail. So basically just have like, like basically um, Bruce Brown would just like tag Beal and then just follow right behind him and just run around any screen. And then anytime Beal had the ball coming off either uh, DHO or a uh, ball screen, uh, they would just blitz him and force him to pass. And, you know, Westbrook can do much, especially since like, who was he passing to? Like Robin Lopez at the three point line. Um, like Denny Abdia to shoot an open three, like Rui Hachimura from 22 feet from the basket. Like none of these were really good options. And that kind of killed the Wizards offense in the first quarter. Um, yeah, and the Wizards just eventually figured out. Um, Bradley Beal started just doing more with the ball in his hands, turning the corner, and the Nets kind of got away from doing that whole blitzing thing. I don't know why, because that was really successful at the beginning of the game. Um, I don't know. I'll do some reading on that. I don't know why they stopped doing that. Um, I guess something else I do want to talk about is Bertans. Um, he made some shots. Um, just So people talk a lot about how Bertans hasn't been having a good season in terms of shooting. Uh, which is 100% true. I think he's below 33% for the season at this point. Uh, I'll have to check that at some point. But um, he like he hasn't been having a good season, but teams scout him as a shooter. And just like, so being thought of as a shooter is almost as important of uh, like being, or let me put it this way. Um, teams thinking that you can make a three is almost as important of you actually being able to make a three. Uh, if that makes sense, just because the way that teams play you on the weak side or the way that teams play you if you're coming off a pin down or setting a screen or doing any of that kind of stuff, um, it's just different if they think you're a shooter. And if they teams think you're a shooter, it opens up the game for everyone else. And that's kind of like the effect that Davis Bertans has on Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, where if he's on the floor, it opens up the game for them, especially like Scott Brooks. Um, I think Scott Brooks is really good at just drawing up things for Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans, um, like setting screen, like. I love the plays where Dallas Rattan sets a pin down and then comes up because uh, that's hard to guard, right? So if someone sets a pin down, um, the guy who's guarding the pin down-er, the pin down setter, um, I don't know what that's supposed to be called, the guy guarding the pin down, um, he kind of has to like stun at the cutter just to make sure he doesn't get like a wide open pass or kind of like help a little bit. And then when he does that, he's a step behind Rattan who's just going to pull up, like run up to the three-point line, get an open shot. Like those are really awesome plays. Um, Scott Brooks also does that a lot for Beal where he sets – that he sets a back cut. Um, I meant to say back cut. I didn't mean to say pin down. And I talked about it forever. Uh, but Scott um, Bertans also sets a lot of pin downs. So I guess I was confused. Um, but I was thinking back, or yeah, um, back screen. What the heck am I saying? Back screen. Um, so when Beal set, uh, the Wizards ran this play like five million times, probably actually five, uh, where Beal sets a back screen and then he comes off a DHO. Uh, and that play works really well. I really like that play. Uh, just because it's hard to guard and, and it makes it harder to lock and trail Beal and like try to prevent him from catching the ball, uh, which is what other teams are, uh, um, a lot of teams are trying to do. And then it does make it harder to just straight up double him right after, uh, especially if like Bertans is on the floor again. Because if, like I talked about this earlier with Kevin Durant and Joe Harris on the floor, where if you double and like you force the four rotation and you have multiple shooters on the floor, that's really, really hard to guard. Like teams have gone to the four rotation less in recent years. The only team that really, really, really does it now is like, 
the Raptors. But just because they have so many smart defenders and so well connected defensively, like teams don't do that as often anymore as like a straight up strategy. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's hard to guard. So you do really need shooters on the floor like Denny Avdia. Well, I guess I'll talk about a couple of negatives uh, right now. So Denny Avdia and Ryu Hachimura were terrible. Um, like, which is fine. Like it was Denny's first game back, I think. Right. Um, and he looked really, really bad. He was bad defensively. He was terrible offensively. Uh, he's still a rookie. Uh, he's still getting, you know, used to things and he's coming off a two week break, you know, whatever. Uh, Rui, this was what his second or first game back. I don't even know at this point, but like he was awful defensively. He had no chance against Duran. He was terrible on weak side defense. Um, awful on offense, you know, made some bad decisions, can't shoot and teams know it at this point. Um, he needs to figure out like the Wizards need to figure out what they're doing with him. Um, I don't think he should be a starter. Uh, he clearly isn't the level of a starter in the NBA. Um, so the Wizards kind of need to figure that out. Um, who else do I have to talk? Robin Lopez. Um, so Robin Lopez has to drop. Like he needs to play drop coverage just because he like can't really move. And he's really effective in drop coverage. Um, I think the stat, I don't remember the exact number, but it was like around six feet of the rim. Teams are shooting like 15% worse. Or that might have been last season. I think this season is closer to either six or seven, something like that. Um, which means that Robin Lopez is a really, really effective rim protector. Um, he just, it's tough to play him against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because against those guys, you really have to come up to the level of the screen. And Scott Brooks was asking him to do that, and he was getting absolutely destroyed when he came to level of the screen. He was minus 13 in this game in 18 minutes. And like the eye test did tell you that just because he can't really play in a scheme against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that he just like has no mobility. Because if he comes up to the level of the screen with Kevin Durant is there, Kevin Durant is just going to blow right by him every single time and get to the rim and make something happen. Same thing with Kyrie Irving. So you can't really do that, um, especially if you have Joe Harris on the weak side or something like that. Like That just kills you. Um, you know, who else did I want to talk about? Uh, Mo Wagner. I guess I'll talk about Mo Wagner and Ish Smith. They were both awesome in this game. Um, Ish Smith was terrible defensively, um, especially on the weak side, like just helping out. Like he... It has zero help presence whatsoever. He has like no IQ in terms of like help defense. Um, but he was, he provided a real spark offensively. Um, something that the Wizards really, really lack is just guys that can dribble and create a shot. Um, and he can really do that uh, pretty well. Like that's his strength, just on the ball, creating a shot. If Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal in the game, I'm perfectly fine with having Ishmith out there handling the ball. He should be out there. Uh, he can create a shot and he provided a, a lot of energy for this team. And he was actually like a little legitimate second unit creator in this game he did a great job he had seven assists plus 24 on the night like i said earlier like that's a great game for him it's probably the best game i've seen him have in a like ever as a wizard um so he was awesome and for him to do that in his first game back was really impressive uh, mo wagner had his best game of the season by far he just provided a ton of energy off the bench um something that mo wagner could actually do was move his feet like coming up to the level of ball screens against kevin durant and kyrie irving um which really really you know gave scott brooks options um Actually, something Brooks started doing with Mo Wagner was hard hedging screens because uh, Mo Wagner can actually get out there um, and, you know, do it and then get back to the roller uh, in time. So Scott Brooks started doing that. I thought that was a great adjustment from Brooks to have Mo Wagner do that. He was 7 of 8. He he had this one play where he tried to dunk on Durant. I thought that was awesome. He had a bunch of dunks. He was running in transition. He was, like, yelling and screaming. Uh, it was an awesome game for Mo Wagner. That's the best game I've seen him play. Um, I guess I'll talk about a couple of negatives. I want to see Bonga play more. Um, because you, so you tried Hachimura on Durant, you tried Beal on Durant, and you tried Westbrook on Durant, and all those were like disastrous. At one point, you tried down the stretch. Person that was on Durant was Davis Bertans. 
Um, at that point, like, when do you go to Bonga? Bonga is the best perimeter wing defender on this team, and you're not putting him in the game at Durant. Like, at one point, like, like if it's the second quarter, just throw him in there for two minutes and see how he does. If he gets cooked, he gets cooked. Just take him out. If he actually can do something against him, then leave him in. Like, none of those other guys have any chance. Like, Bonga's the only guy that had a chance, and I'm really disappointed he didn't play at all. Um, he played, like, for one second at the very end just to guard the inbounder. Um, but, again, I'm disappointed that Bonga didn't play. Uh, he's, like, the only guy that has a chance. Like, And if Scott Brooks didn't trust Bonga to play at all, um, then there's a giant hole on this roster, right? Who's going to guard big wings? We know Hachimura can't do it. We've seen him try to do it a bunch of times. He's failed. Uh, we know Avia can't do it. We know Beal's not going to do it just because he carries such a heavy load offensively. And again, he's not even that good. At, and uh, He's like an average defender at best, but he's not going to guard like the big, big wings. He's like 6'3". Um, obviously, Breton isn't going to do it. Like Garrison Matthews isn't big enough to do it, but I love his effort. Um, so no one's going to do it. Uh, I don't know about just having no one guard big wings. I think Scott Brooks just has to trust Bonga more because he's like the only hope at guarding these big wings. And again, like, we have no one to guard guards, which kind of sucks. Um, but, like, the NBA is full of just big wings that can really do stuff. Um, and those are, like, the most dangerous players in the league, along with, you know, really good guards. And we need to find someone that can guard those guys. Otherwise, the Wizards aren't going to be in very good shape. Um, so, yeah, I want to check my notes just to see if I had anything else to say about this game. I've been talking for a while. Uh, but this was, again, the most exciting game of the season. So, let me just check my notes for a second. Okay, so a couple things I want to talk about. Um, the first is a smaller adjustment that I think that, um, you know, type of thing that Scott Brooks should make is just the Wizards give us switches really, really easily, um, and they don't have, like, really switchable guys. So I don't I don't really know the theory behind that, um, like, just because um, the Nets could just get, like, Breton switched on Irving whenever they wanted, just with, like, not a screen where they don't even really make contact. Um, so I don't understand the theory behind giving up switches so easily. Like, just put two guys out there that I trust on defense to guard Irving and Durant and just keep them there is what I would do um, because, you know, switching just gives such matchup problems to guys that can really ISO. Um, the same thing happened against the Hawks where the Wizards just switched up, like, everything so easily without any contact and the Hawks would just, like, literally run, like, ghost pick and roll and or ghost pick and pop or whatever. Like, they didn't have to make any contact on the screen and they would just get cooked and sort of, like, like, it just creates a huge advantage for the offense that they don't even have to work for it. I That's one of my pet peeves. It's really frustrating to watch um, from my perspective. The other thing I want to talk about is, like, a bigger overall thing is at what point do you start to try to play some small ball? Um, early in the pod, I talked about where uh, Hachimura fits on this team. Um, he is 6'8". I think his wingspan is, like, 7'2". He's a pretty solid athlete, um, especially against a team like the Nets. Like, if they throw out Reggie Perry, I'd love to see the Wizards play a small ball lineup with Rui at the 5. Um, again, I talked about Rui shooting, how it really hurts its, uh, like the overall team just because he can't shoot. He's no threat to shoot. Um, but if he's at the five and you just, you're using him as a screener and a roller and someone who can like pop out from 17 feet and shoot, that's actually pretty interesting. Um, and just have him stand near the rim, simplify his role on defense. Um, he's a really, like, his defensive IQ just isn't there at all. But if you simplify his role and tell him, like, Rui, just like come up to the level of the screen, don't let Kyrie Irving shoot, um, contain him, get back to the roller. Just that type of role. I think that he could really, really execute that. Um, especially, you know, since he's young, he's learning that kind of thing. Uh, simplifies role, set screens, roll to the basket, um, and play big. Um, so if you like put out like uh like backup unit of um like an Ish Smith, Rui, or Ish Smith slash Neto, you know, Rui, uh Bretons, Garrison Matthews, like those guys, that's to me that's an interesting lineup, especially against a team like the Nets who are bringing Reggie Perry off the bench who looked Completely lost, completely terrible. Like, 
I like Reggie Perry. Um, I think he could be a potentially decent backup center in the league for a while. Um, he's just not ready right now. He's a rookie. That's how most rookies are, especially second round picks. So I'd love to see uh, the Wizards try to experiment more with small ball or just experiment with lineups in general. Um, I love having Mo Wagner play, like just ride Mo Wagner when he was playing well, those kinds of things. Um, so just get, like, get, have more fun. Uh, also, so, oh, I talked a lot about it on the last pod, uh, icing ball screens and Brooks finally for a couple ball screens. Like the Wizards iced a couple of side ball screens and I got excited. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. Um, and I think that's all I got. Uh, small ball Wizards. Um, again, you also throw Avia at that. Like, I think that the Wizards can actually execute a small ball scheme uh, just compared to what, what they have defensively anyways. And yeah, that's my final takeaway. Um, I got to look up. So the next team's against the Heat. The Heat backup center is, do like do they even play Myers Leonard anymore? And it's like Precious Achua. Like, come on, throw out a small ball lineup. Uh, I guess that's all I got. Um, so next, watch the next game against the Heat. Um, I don't know when that is. It's either on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, the Wizards have two games against the Heat. And yeah, that's all I got. Watch that next game. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.